Hello and welcome to Clout, a podcast profiling Australia's future leaders in Asia. I'm Brody Burns-Williamson. And I'm Lucy Du. Thanks for joining us. So each week, we talk to Aussies making an impact in their community to learn about the dash of language, the pinch of culture, and the blind luck that led them to where they are today. We ask our guests to take us on their journey to Asia capability by sharing with us their choice of food, song, show, and person to help us understand what being an Aussie with clout is all about. Hello, my guest today is Natalie Lydiard Gray. Natalie is an educational leader. She's spent the last decade recognizing and developing the talents of a generation of young Shanghainese at the renowned YCIS International School, following earlier stints in Melbourne, Sydney, and Guangxi Province, China. Her journey to Asia capability spans deep friendships with punk rockers in China's Zhuang Autonomous Region, through to volunteering at Lifeline Shanghai, who support members of the public in times of emotional crisis. Natalie, hello and welcome to Cloud. Hello, Brody. Natalie, as always, we ask our guests to take us on their journey to Asia capability by nominating a food, a musician, a movie, and a person to help us understand what the journey to becoming an Aussie with Asia Cloud is all about. Now, what food are you kicking off with? I am kicking off with the Zhuang Autonomous Region Specialty from Guilin, Guangxi Province, Yocha. So Yocha is a sort of soup served in a small handheld bowl, predominantly made of green tea leaves, and is eaten across northern Guangxi, southern Guizhou, and the west of Hunan. And the Yocha that I'm used to drinking, it's made of tea leaves but it can also be made of corn or rice, depending on what is grown locally, which are then brewed and overflowed with seba, beans and peanuts. You mix through shreds of ginger, hacked green garlic, pepper powder, and sometimes bits of meat, creating this incredible tea. And oil tea is how it is translated into English which doesn't quite do it justice because it's not really oily. It's more of a bitter and salty hot drink. But the oil links to the Chinese saying, which means to add oil or add energy, which is often chanted at sports games. I feel that the oil in oil tea in Yocha is symbolic of recharging, which this tea definitely does. So a cup of oil tea then, I guess, helps you make a bit of a connection right through into China. It does. I've made a lot of friends drinking endless pots of yocha because it brings people together. So yocha is usually drunk in the early evenings, much like a nice cup of Earl Grey tea. As you sit around chatting, you can add in different foods like crunchy rice cakes and peanuts. And the cast scenery in Guangxi is characterised by its steep mountains topped with greenery, clear water, pretty rocks and mysterious caves. And if you head out into the mountains with friends, you'll often sit down and have a cuppa and catch up. And inevitably, the conversation turns to Australia 
and the cup of yosha becomes a great way to inspire curiosity and learn the language and talk about the culture. And the Zhuang people, as well as Dong and other groups in that part of the world, are always so eager to share. So you're sitting at the bottom of a mountain with your mates and there's this beautiful lush greenery around you and it's hot and humid. What are people saying to you? If I find myself in a situation in the mountains in Guangxi, obviously it's two cultures coming together and we're talking about life in Australia compared to life in China, life in the mountains of Guangxi province and sharing our similarities and our differences. And Yocha is endless. It's an endless cup of tea. So you will sit there, and I have been known to sit there for hours, sipping on tea, and it's often a communal bowl in the middle that you draw the tea from and talking about life with the local people. Now, speaking of similarity and difference, come to your nomination for music. Let's have a listen to PK14 and tell the children. The song that I have chosen is Gauss or Heidsman by PK14, a post-punk rock band from Beijing, and it links to my time with China's punks. And it's not something I get to talk about very often, and I guess it's a little unusual. So I rolled up into Guilin, and it's this smaller city in China, a very relaxed city, and it's really quite removed from major cities like Shanghai or Guangzhou or Beijing. And it's this beautiful town that is sitting on an enormous river. And in my first few days there, I met these punks who had never left Guangxi province before, let alone mainland China. Yet they had this incredible knowledge of music and in particular punk rock music from around the world. And they loved bands like the Sex Pistols, The Clash, Dead Kennedys and Fugazi and they even dressed like the Sex Pistols with mohawks and they were covered from head to foot in tattoos. These guys were straight edge punk rockers and vegetarian and led such incredibly informed lives for people who had never left their province. I guess when people think Chinese River City they're probably not thinking Johnny Rotten or punk rock. Not at all. (laughs) You can't pick that kind of experience up in books. But it has more relevance than, say, Beijing opera to the Chinese youth and society today. That 
understanding has a value. Knowing the culture helped me to see the opportunities as an educational leader. And years later, when I was in Melbourne at the Melbourne Festival, I actually bumped into PK14 in the foyer of a show and they were playing the next day. Did you go? I did. And the show was fabulous. It's a really great example too of how the networks you make years later can help help us connect as countries and as people. It was just a few more people in the crowd, but a friendly face when on the road is always a welcome one and I know they appreciated it. That's what we call cultural clap. On to the movies. So tell us about Chunking Express. I am absolutely obsessed with Wong Kar Wai films. It started before I moved to China. I studied his movies at university. In particular, I loved Chunking Express and I fell in love with the lead actress Wang Fei, also a Chinese musician. These films are the reason I moved to China in the first place. Because of the culture I experienced watching them, I just had to be part of that. And years later, when I was an educational leader in Shanghai, this gave me insight into culture and an ability to make connections with my Chinese colleagues. Last but not least, can you share with us an Asia-capable professional you've met over the journey who had great clout and why? My Asia-capable professional is an Australian man called Chris Doyle. And he is an incredible Australian Hong Kong cinematographer. He's best known for his collaborations with Wong Kar Wai in Chunking Express, Happy Together and In the Mood for Love. And he brought that style of cinematography back home to make stunning movies like the award-winning Rabbit Proof Fence. And Chris's story is amazing because he was able to capitalise on the suite of cultural opportunities that exist on our doorstep, but also because his experience in China, in Hong Kong and across Asia has helped him to learn to look at the world in a different way and present that so effectively in films like Rabbit Proof Fence. People say there are no clear pathways and job opportunities for Asia literate professionals but I think Chris shows that this is not the case at all and there is a beautiful opportunity to give back. Natalie, it's been great. Thanks so much for sharing your journey with us today on Clout. My pleasure.